This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me John Molyneux. John is the sales samurai and has been studying martial arts and sales for many years. He is also the host of the Success Breed Success Show. Thank you for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure, Roman. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on today. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, uh, I've just turned 40 recently, so uh, I was kind of a t- teenager in the 90s. It was all about the the partying and like regular teenagers, really. But I never really, I kind of started off as an electrician. I was trained to be an electrician, uh, but that never really worked out. Never got qualified. I was too busy partying and, and getting wrecked and stuff like that. So uh, in my early 20s, I kind of got a bit fed up with being in and out of different work and not really going anywhere. So I decided to join the military. I was in the in the British Army for a couple of years, but I never really, I think I was either in the wrong regiment or never really never really got to, to passion for it as a career. If I, I enjoyed some of it and uh, there was some sort of ups and downs, should we say, which like you have with a lot of military. But I decided after a couple of years that it wasn't a career path for me. Uh, so I, I actually left uh, when I was 25, and then it was kind of a real roller coaster. I was uh, in and out. Well, I, I kind of fell into the sort of jobs that most ex-military do, sort of security work. So I was like a, a door supervisor and working festivals and nightclub doors and stuff like that, pubs. Uh, but I also did truck driving as well because I had my HGB license, so I used to do a lot of truck driving as well. But those are kind of the monotonous, same old, same old jobs that most military fall into. And I just kind of didn't really feel like I wanted to keep doing that, them kind of jobs. Uh, but I was passionate about martial arts. I, I, f- I figured that out quite soon after after leaving the army because you did parts of martial arts to do with the security work. So you'd learn restraints and things like that and different locks and stuff. And I always kind of got got to like that type of stuff. So anyway, what what I did actually do was uh, dis- decided that I wanted to be a karate instructor. This was probably at least 10 or 12 years ago. And I was passionate about learning the karate and the part that what what it was is it, I was training to be an instructor, but part of that was I got the the training was free. It was provided by the other instructors, so I got my gradings were free, the different belts I got were free. But for me to get that, I was I was out on the on the streets knocking the doors to sign up people for classes. So that's how the sales started. That, I did I served my time like five years door knocking. Now, if you know anybody that's done any door-to-door sales like six months is is kind of a hardened seasoned door knocker so if you've done it for five years you're like a I don't know do you know I mean like a a a complete sort of not master but you know really really done it for for a long time so yeah that was kind of my introduction to sales but I I quickly found that I, I actually enjoy it 
Uh, I like to build rapport with people. I like to speak to people. I'm very people's person. So the fact that I did the martial arts and the sales at the same time, that's kind of how I, I came up with the sales samurai. Since then, I've done I've done everything to do with sales. I've done cold calling on the telephones. I've done um, I've done like high high ticket if you want to call it that. So like 4K packages, I, I close them for uh, Amazon business so yeah I've, I've had experience in all aspects of prospecting and rapport building anything to do with sales psychology I've, I've studied it all yeah and i think sales is one of those underrated things that people don't necessarily know how hard it actually is obviously you have to hear no a lot and the psychology behind it you have to really understand what makes people tick i mean obviously there's a correlation with marketing too i mean i'm in the digital marketing space have been for 12 years, but really understand how people make decisions, how you can connect, how you can persuade somebody to, you know, do the action that you're looking for them to do. I mean, in, in that case, a purchase or an inquiry. 100%. And like you just mentioned, marketing, they, they go hand in hand. I don't think one, I don't think sales or marketing is going to work without the other. I think I think the kind of uh, part and parcel of the same sort of thing, aren't they? You're not going to have a successful business if you don't have both of those working for you. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, everybody, well, not everybody, but, you know, your start, you had a different, a few different jobs, which led you to what you do now. And obviously you honed your craft. But I think those kind of jobs back when you were younger and like you were in the military, I was actually going to be a marine corps officer but i got a ulcer caused by a bacteria called h pylori that almost kind of killed me so i couldn't really do the pre-shit pft the physical fitness to go to quantico virginia to do the actual training because every five seconds to when i was doing the three mile run i would stop and cough up blood and i didn't know what was really wrong so you know i never really went back to that but in retrospect if i went to that basic training probably would have died um Mm. but everybody kind of has a journey i think and all of that makes you know all the previous jobs that were just jobs at the time maybe also like you said security things of that nature and you take something from it and then you apply all of those experiences and they mold you for you know hopefully in people's cases what they're passionate about or what they're doing now Absolutely, because it's a, I'm glad you mentioned that because before I actually went in the military, I think I did a little bit of door knocking, but I probably lasted about two days because it was that, that sort of military mentality where you're just not bothered. <laughs> you just keep going at things. There's no way I would have had that sort of drive and passion to keep plugging away and keep moving forward that I, that I got from the military. So even though it wasn't a career path for me, I definitely took some qualities. Yeah, and I think life experiences and parts of your life prepare you for other things. So different hardships and things you you live through, you you have to accept no, I think, in sales a lot. And if you're younger, sometimes you're a little fragile, don't have a thick skin, haven't experienced life yet. And that may affect you to or dissuade you from doing that. But I mean, within digital marketing, within you know, the podcast space, doing interviews. I mean, you're going to get no left and right. And at this point, it's just like, okay, next. You know what I mean? That's not a good fit. Let me focus my energy where, you know, collaborations and, you know, business alignments make sense. 100%. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Roman. Like you say, you have to kind of uh, get a thick skin to some degree. I mean, like you say, it's nothing's for everybody and it's nothing personal as well. You've got to get it out of your head that if somebody's... uh, listening that are sort of just getting into sales you can't take anything personally because it's not an attack on you just because they don't 
want that product or that service at that particular time. It might be something that they they, they want, but not they're not going to be able to do it for six months, or it might just be a complete not fit for them. Yeah, and with other things, you know, in sales and other roles, it's it's even asking because people are afraid to even ask or uh, go in that route because they already have in their mind the fear of getting a no. So mm-hmm. I think people are dissuaded by that no, which you know, no is a learning experience, and that no can open up bigger and kind of greater doors that will eventually lead to a yes. Yeah, again, like you say, it's the kind of the way you look at that no once you get used to it you, and you look at the psychology it's like well, why is it no so you, you kind of push that bit more what is it about it that you're, that you're rejecting is it not a good fit is it is it not the right time is it too expensive is it too, is it do you know what I mean is it lacking something there's so many reasons why they're giving you that no but a new salesperson or somebody that's never just takes that no for a given and, and you give up yeah I agree and I think it's kind of also running your own race so if you get a no, uh, you know, eventually that no will, may, may also become a yes or, you know, somebody doesn't see that, you know, drive or grit or potential within you that, you know, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you're any less of an expert or, you know, don't know what you're talking about or don't have value. It's just, you know, not everybody sees kind of the worth of an individual or, you know, that potential, you know, situation at that moment or that given time. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've got to know how to how to deal with people as well without you don't want to be pushy. So if it's if they say no, you don't keep pushing and pushing. Or if if, some, if they don't make a buying decision on the on the day, it's very uh, sort of glamorous, isn't it, to get this what they call the one call close. So you've had one sales call with somebody. Boom, they go for it. That's not going to happen very often. It, it does happen. But you, that's somebody that, that's decisive and they're ready and they, they want to buy. They know they know the they know they want to make that decision. They, they probably wanted it already. You, most people you speak to are going to have to think about it. And when they say, "I want to uh, take twenty four hours," or "I need to speak to my partner," or "I need I need a couple of days to decide on this," is a big, especially if like you're selling something that's that's got a quite high ticket on it. So like four, five, ten k. They're not going to make that decision on the spot. They, they do genuinely need time, so don't be pushy. Uh, and when you're following up, don't don't sort of stalk either. If you say you're going to follow up with them like next week, leave it a week or two weeks. Wait that two weeks. Don't be leaving it a couple of days and then back onto them. So because that, that that's kind of like stalking, isn't it? So you've got to be clever and savvy about how you do it and not be desperate. That that's one thing a salesperson's downfall, or even a coach's downfall, or, or an entrepreneur's downfall, or a, a business owner's downfall is don't ever be hungry for that sale or that client or that, that customer. Yeah, I agree, and I think uh, oftentimes soft skills are overlooked as well. So emotional IQ, really yeah. being able to read the person and understand maybe that person is dealing with something you know that day. Really being yeah. empathetic to that situation can go a long way because you can connect on a personal level, actually ask about that person or what they're going through. Maybe they'll open up with you. Maybe you can help them outside of that situation and then build a tighter bond and, you know, a lasting business relationship or even a friendship. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So what motivates you to succeed? I think, uh, again, it's kind of a drive that that I kind of was instilled from the military again. I think I, I have this sort of 
just grit to keep persevering. And, and I, it was just, that's why one of the reasons I got my black belt with the karate is that there were so many times when I thought, I want to stop this, not because I was, wasn't enjoying the karate, because it wasn't making me a, a living. I was, I was doing it full time. And the idea was to make money from it by teaching the classes. But I was teaching four classes. And a lot of the time, the, it wasn't even covering the cost of the hall hire. And, and running me petrol, running me car. So it wasn't that I fact, the fact that I got to purple and brown belt and didn't want to do the karate anymore. It was it was not working financially, but I was I was so determined to to not give up and get that black belt. I, I pushed through, and me and me and my my partner we, we were really struggling financially at the time. But I thought I'm not going to throw the towel in because I am going to get that black belt because I've gone from white belt to all these all these colours and through to brown belt to to stop now would just be disastrous for me I've got to get that black belt and I got that black belt and then I decided to walk away from it because it wasn't paying and it wasn't a career path but I had to persevere through that that rough time to, to get there now did you also do it I mean I, me personally I mean I, I work out I do sports and stuff like that and that's my kind of release was that kind of your you know release or like you know safe spot to like really deal with things because Personally, if I'm dealing with something, if I get a really good workout, I can get my mind right and get to a really, you know, calming place or an equilibrium. Was that kind of similar for you? Did that have that kind of effect? Absolutely. But you know yourself, when you're ex-military, when I, when I first left, it was kind of that lack of discipline that you don't get. So for me, the, the fact that I, was, I wanted to do the martial arts and, and grading karate was, the, was that discipline was back instilled into me again. So that that was my driving driving force was yeah discipline. I, I do the gym now and I do other things and I still do my martial arts and stuff. But I don't think that's ever going to leave. And it, it's probably the same for you. Once you've got that sort of uh, mentality and that that lifestyle, it's difficult at the moment because the gyms are still closed here, unfortunately. But yeah, same thing here. I mean, I've I've started working at at home. So my mother in law had a bunch of equipment literally that she didn't use so i just it's like this total gym thing with cables so i can do a full body workout i have resistant bands a a bike this squat thing so it's like also really doing what you can with what you have i mean obviously covid has forced situations of people in terms of their livelihood i mean some businesses like food industry and things of that nature have physically been closed for you know four or five months so it's figuring out how you can reinvent and re- reevaluate or revolutionize your business to adapt to this scenario. Or if you were doing something, maybe you were fur- furloughed, laid off, fired. If you have another skill set, maybe you're passionate about or finding something else. Because, like in the digital space I'm in, I mean, all you really need is an internet connection. You build that knowledge base, build credibility, have a client base where you can have examples of success, and you can really pivot. I mean, that's what happened to me. In the 2008 recession, I graduated with a degree in criminal justice, couldn't find a job and had a pivot. So, it, I mean, it's a it's a pivot moment for a lot of people. They just have to kind of realize it and take it. Absolutely. And well, with me, I was because I was I actually went back to do door knocking for a brief time just before COVID, just to sharpen my skills again. And uh, I was doing the phone calls, but only part time. But what I did was. Obviously, I can't. They stopped the door knocking. So once that stopped, I just went into full time phones instead. So it, it is. It is always good to sort of work on new skills and try and develop in different areas, just in case something freak happens. What you what you were expecting, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean nothing's nothing's guaranteed with 
the global economy, the, the economy is connected globally at this point. So if something hits like a pandemic, the whole world that is obviously affected, but also like you have to consider the advancements in technology. So a lot of things like, you know, truck drivers, things of that nature may be replaced in 10, 20 years, but then you have to think about the jobs that are going to be created in that. So that technology operator, that supervisor of that, pivoting into that and not seeing as a, as this catastrophic event because i mean in any situation that, that mindset is what makes a difference yeah well it's like that old military saying i know we keep bringing it up now don't we adapt improvise and overcome don't you that's what you do you adapt improvise and overcome when things when times change and your, your circumstances are different you just have to adapt don't you move with the times yeah i mean life life isn't the way that i don't think anyone has expected it to play out in any situation i mean you may have had a goal but then it gets you know sidelined i mean i've had a lot of personal losses and and things in my personal life different um things that you know affected me emotionally uh in, in that sense and i could have gave up in those times or you utilize that and see i, I have to do something about it and harness that kind of pain and at times negative energy into something positive absolutely definitely so what's one thing that you may have had or seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today oh that's a good question for me it was probably creating content i know that probably sounds a bit but like listening to my own voice and recording myself because it's actually been brought to my attention a few times by, well, particularly by friends that I have back home. Because I've got a strong Northern English accent, they're like, how can like people in America understand you? And I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. They quite like, they quite like it. They quite like the accent and everything. So that was one thing. But it's, I think it's it's kind of self-limiting beliefs, isn't it? Because I always thought, oh, I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't think I'll be able to talk or record myself. But I started doing videos to start with on LinkedIn it was so I started I started recording myself and when I was happy with a few of them I started posting them and then it, I just got more comfortable with it so that when it when it came to me starting my podcast I was already com- comfortable with recording video audio it, it was just a progressive thing so I'd say that was the, the the one that for me the most was uh not liking the sound of my own voice or not wanting to record myself and, and overcoming that yeah, and oftentimes something like that will hinder you from telling the story you have. And that story may be super impactful, but you're super self-conscious about something like an yeah. accent, you know, a uh, <laughs> anything of that sense that you don't necessarily obviously control. So don't be limited and, you know, in a box and think that maybe you're not good enough or don't sound as professional or what have you. I mean, you have to do what what you have to do and um i mean i i listen to myself well i had an accent when i came to the u.s but i was five so i mean i don't think i have an accent at this point but it's one of those things where it's like also refining so i I like to listen to myself trying to because it's subconscious but everybody has stop words or you know Mm -hmm. gaps in terms of when they start like searching for a thought so basically refining that and become a better person and better communicator and it's obviously a ongoing process i mean it's what i I have 176 episodes live 65 in queue which is a little crazy and i've done like 70 in the last year and a half so i think you become more comfortable you become kind of at peace with yourself in terms of what you're delivering and if the message is good and you're adding value that's that's what matters at the end of the day 
Yeah, hundred percent. And what I did notice is that we, we, our podcast is very similar themed, and we've even had some similar, the same um, interviewed the same guests. And one thing that keeps coming up, and it, it's it's an ongoing thing with with different people. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter what industry you're in or what your background or what job it is. You always have to be stepping outside of your comfort zone and challenging yourself. This is this is coming up time and time again. There's, you can't expect any improvement or advances if you just sit in your comfort zone. So always be challenging yourself. Always be stepping outside that comfort zone. Yeah, and I think it's obviously human nature to be in a habit or to have comfort. And then when something is new comes around or there's a new idea or something in terms of a business leap or anything of that nature, your psyche is telling you don't do it. So, I mean, you have to get past the hurdle of yourself. And oftentimes people around you that may be negative, sometimes, you know, why are you leaving this job? Why are you, you know, quitting school? And uh, that kind of limiting, you know, belief or being bombarded with that negativity will a lot of the time dissuade you but ultimately you have to make that choice for yourself absolutely and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with a nine to five i know a lot of people do really well with a nine to five but if you've got that entrepreneurial mindset and you you don't like working for the people and you you can't stand the nine to five or the the structure of it then i I would recommend at least attempting some kind of entrepreneurial path Yep. And it's like you said, it's, it's what's best for you, you know, your family, the people around you, your current situation. So you in 2020 obviously won't be you in 2021. So that may be a pivot point. You may do something else, but it's kind of running your own race and doing what makes you happy. Yeah. I'm all for that. Always striving. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. Always improving and being a better version of yourself than you were today. So yeah. Well, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of kind of meditating and, and sort of uh, self-development, personal development, that kind of thing. Reading the right books and all that sort of stuff. So I do, I do kind of practice all these these sort of things to keep you positive. But I think that does help with being in sales as well. You you, t- you kind of get used to being naturally positive and upbeat about situations, and, and you just do it to yourself. You you think you, you, the self-talk you give yourself is uh, be, up, be upbeat or like uh, Brian Tracy used to say, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself, to give yourself that that lift. And, and I think a lot of people could could learn from, from trying those things. So affirmations and self-talk. Yep. I mean, positive affirmations go a long way. And even saying that, obviously, there's been a lot of experiments. I don't know if you've probably seen where they had experiment with with plants. So one plant, they said everything negative on and on bombarded them with negativity. The other plant, super positive. That literally that plant that was giving negativity day in and day out died and wilted away. And the other plant that was, you know, talked to positively grew. So, I mean, there, there are power and words and basically those words impact you and those around you wow i didn't know about that experiment i've never heard that before. yeah you have oh, to look weird. it up it's actually on video um yeah there's several ones that have been done with plants and it's crazy how plants are affected by that kind of uh, environment as well wow how long have you been in the podcasting game now um well uh i started my podcast december of 2017 but I switched to a interview format. It's only been about a year, year and a half. So wow. in that time, I've interviewed about 180 people at this point. So it's been, nice. it's been fun. 
So do you not do any solo episodes anymore, or do you still do the okay? I have not. Uh, I just, I, I mean, it, it keeps me going. I think if I kept it solo, uh, I would have quit because my right. pivot point into interviews is uh, February of 2019. My grandfather passed away. That was a big role model in my life. And I think part of the grieving process or what helped me cope is switch over to an interview format, obviously talking about hurdles and different losses in life and you know that came up in conversations and i learned about things that other people went through and i think that actual talking to people and interviewing people and that back and forth dialogue was helped in my healing process and kind of that grieving process mm. that's interesting because i i started i did it the other way because i started off purely doing interviews but then i realized that to get myself better known i started doing like only short ones like sales related uh, solo episodes so I've started doing them recently as well yep and uh, the power of being on other shows obviously I, I I made a goal to to double what I did last year I mean I surpassed that at this point so really last year was the year I started going on other shows and doing a lot of media publications and I did 20 which is not bad I mean at this point uh, currently as of yesterday I've been on 50 this year so well, you're coming oh, on another one tomorrow, so it'd be 51, won't it? <laughs> yes, I mean, now my goal has really switched to kind of push it to try to do 100 before the end of the year, which obviously is attainable, but it's just like, you know, my goal was 40, and then you kind of have to redefine and recalibrate and, and pivot to a higher goal. There's quite a lot of organization goes into ju- purely just uh, just doing, uh, like finding guests and also guesting on other shows. There's quite a lot of goes on in the background, doesn't it? Yeah, I think if people actually knew how to like what actually it took to produce, let's say a 20 or 30 minute, you know, interview format show, like they would be surprised. I mean, the editing, the promotion of it, like you said, the back and forth scheduling and everything else involved. I mean, it's hours, you know, hours upon hours. It's fun, though. We wouldn't do it, would we? It's worth it. Yeah, it's definitely fun. And I mean, obviously, maybe in, you know, life, we may have not ever met. But now it's an opportunity also to look at it in terms of networking, you know, adding value to each other, collaborating in the future. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a truly global effort. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually working on uh, networking at the moment and, and sort of reaching out to, I've been studying uh, Jordan Harbinger. Is it Jordan Harbinger? Yep. And he's uh, he was saying about how you should sort of dig into your old sort of like, not like not completely lost connections, but ones that you haven't spoken to for six months, but don't have any sort of agenda, just sort of not genuinely see how they are and stuff. And so you you sort of rekindling old old relationships and stuff. So yeah, I've been studying that. So that that's something to to, to consider for you listeners if you're looking to build your network or work on your your existing network. Yeah, I mean, my my personal mindset is kind of like a heart a heart led entrepreneur and about leaving legacy. So like my main goal and my it's not a strategy, but like who I am at this point in 2020 is me adding as much value as possible and being authentic as possible without asking for anything in return. And when I switched over to that mindset about I would say like three, four years ago, it really exponentially increased my reach, my brand, the amount of people that collaborated with me, uh, client opportunities, and opened a, a lot of doors, just basically simply switching kind of that mindset. 
Brilliant. Well, my goals would be the two main ones would be one would be to, uh, to keep fine tuning my sales skills so that I'm I'm sort of as, as as best salesperson as I can be. But I'd love to also have a, a martial arts related side sideline, if you want to call it side hustle, to do with sort of weapons and stuff like that, sort of Filipino weapons and blades and that kind of thing. Not not they don't have to necessarily be the sharp ones, but the training blades and stuff like that. So so yeah, that that'd be kind of my other dream. And that would really would be the sales samurai then, wouldn't I? Yeah, I mean you could you could uh, you know combine them and have some kind of uh, influence where you have stuff like that within um, the podcast. I mean, I was on a podcast yesterday. We were talking about it. The person had a treadmill on the back. I'm like, you should do your podcast on the treadmill. I don't think anyone's yeah. doing it that way. But yeah, I'll have to get the sword and start doing all the moves on, <laughs> on the videos. <laughs> well. I have actually got a sales samurai YouTube channel where I've already started doing that. So the idea of the channel is I do sort of techniques or, or locks or restraints or punches or strikes or whatever. Uh, but I also give sales tips as well. So it's a combination because what I started off doing was 60 second sales tips and I was going to do carry on doing the sales tips and do martial arts separate. But I, th- I decided to, to bring them together. So every video, so I did like a, a, a basics nunchuck. So a demonstration with some simple nunchucks, but then I did a, a sales tip as well. So it's combined. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like who you are, your identity and like your brand and combining that and adding value in both of those things and having that information be delivered in the most cohesive and interesting way. I think it connects well with audiences. Thank you. Well, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, the the, the the channel's still relatively in the in the early stages, so it's it's a work in progress. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm sure it'll do well. Let's hope so. So, what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Well, it could probably be a little bit of both. Uh, I'd say just believe in yourself. If you if you have an idea or you want to do something. Don't let anybody else hinder you or, or make that decision for you because even though friends and family a lot of the time are, are trying to help you or they think they're trying to help you, they could be hindering you. And, uh, and most of the successful people that I've spoken to that, that have had this, these ideas or they've, they've, they've gone for something, they, they've, they've met with people trying to stop them or slow them down or dissuade, persuade them not to do it. Just go with your gut instincts and follow follow what. So yeah, I would say personal and and professional. Just believe in yourself. Try and be happy. I know we're in some rough times and things are a bit bleak and there's a lot of negativity about this rioting and and protesting and all that stuff. Just try and stay positive. Um, don't watch the news. <laughs> I don't watch very much of it anyway. I, I I don't read newspapers. Just just read positive things and and avoid the news. Yeah, and uh, I think situations can be a lot worse, and it's kind of like, I mean, for, for for me, it's I mean, I've I worked remotely for the last four or five years. I mean, my company has been ran remotely, and you know, the business dealings I've had, all I really needed is an in- internet connection. But I mean, I was born uh, in Ukraine, which was under the former Soviet Union. So, like, what I've seen my family go through with, with stuff I remember, stuff I've been through in life. Like, I mean, this is like a vacation for me, kind of, you know what I mean? So it's like people complaining about, you know, I'm stuck at home. All right, you have internet. If you are working, you know, count your blessings. You have Netflix, you have this and that. You can go and take a walk. You can have food. You're not starving. So it's like, 
you have to have a mindset regardless of the pandemic or not is one, be grateful for what you have. And two, it can be a lot worse. Yeah, definitely. You can always be in a worse situation. That's a, that's a great way of looking at it. I mean, it can always be worse. And I mean, it things, well, hopefully it gets better. But I mean, like personally, when things happen, it, it feels like everything around you is caving in. So if something happens to you traumatically, or let's say your business, you lose your business, or you have a loss in your family, or you lose a friend, it seems like in close proximity, numerous things happen. I think they say, you know, good and bad things come in threes. It seems like <laughs> it's been like that throughout my life as well yeah it does it does seem to be a lot doesn't it yep so i really appreciate you stopping by today can you let the audience know how they can find you and anything else you have going on yeah well like i said the the main projects i have at the moment would be my youtube channel so the sales samurai youtube channel but to find out more about me, the best place would be the success, the success breed success show. So I'm doing solo episodes now that are sales related. So giving you tips on any any part of the sales process from following up, rapport building, uh, even the closing part of the deal. So any, anything to do with sales. Uh, I'll also be doing bits of, of talk about martial arts and how I feel they, they sort of complement each other from sort of discipline to uh, perseverance and uh, patience those sort of things the, the qualities that you need in sales are the same qualities that i have in or that i need in martial arts as well so yeah i would just recommend checking out the show i've interviewed some some great guests similar similar to romans actually and uh, i've had some that he hasn't as well and i'm sure he has that i haven't as well so why don't you listen to both shows <laughs> yep that's a great advice so i really appreciate you stopping by and uh, enjoy your day absolutely thanks thanks for having me This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.